0: Welcome into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like normal as we cover all the BYU sports news you need to know. We'll talk more about BYU's all-decade team, talk about another player we're going to honor on that team from the 2010s. Also, some comments from Tom Homo last week about BYU recruiting and how much harder it is to get guys into school with National Signing Day on the horizon tomorrow so a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast like normal all brought to you today by our good friends at spavia we'll tell you what they're offering our listeners in the run-up to valentine's day here in just a little bit with that rundown out of the way let's get going this is locked on cougars for february 4th 2020 What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars here on Locked On Cougars. If you're new to this podcast, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day. We want you guys to be the smartest BYU fans in the room. This podcast is available anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found and or downloaded. So hit that subscribe or follow button on whichever podcatcher you're listening to us on. And also don't hesitate to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the show. Love to get your guys' thoughts on the podcast and love having your guys' interaction as well. Uh, today's podcast going to be a lot of BYU football. We're going to kick things off today talking a little bit about BYU recruiting. And with National Signing Day tomorrow, BYU obviously looking to put the finishing touches on their national signing class for the class of twenty. 20- 2020. I think it's going to be a solid, albeit unspectacular class for BYU. I feel like there are a number of underrated athletes that could develop into something nice, but they're not polished gems. And that is why BYU's recruiting class is going to be downgraded in terms of the national pundit size. I know the University of Utah has really kicked up and been a lot of back and forth on social media between fans about recruiting rankings in the run-up to National Signing Day like there normally is. There's the rivalry in all things. You guys all know that who listen to this podcast. But I feel like BYU's class is long on undeveloped talent but short on high-level production outside of, let's say, a guy like Cody Epps uh, who already signed with BYU in the early signing window. I feel like there are guys on this recruiting class or in this recruiting class is as they develop at BYU could become difference makers for the Cougars and that's a good thing for BYU I think that they have to kind of play the long game when it comes to recruiting at this point especially in this day and age of how BYU is perceived nationally etc and hope that it pays off for them it's a tough thing to go about to take guys who maybe are not the most polished athletes etc but you can see the measurables in them and you can kind of see that it's that diamond in the rough look I guess I guess is the easiest way to say it. And the hope is, I think, for most of these uh, prospects that that diamond can be polished or can be mined out of them and they can become a a player who can be a a big impact player down the road for BYU. I don't know that all of these are going to hit. I recently was asked by a local writer, he hasn't finished his uh, column yet on this, to talk about what I thought the most impactful recruiting class for BYU was in the last 10 years, so the last decade. And I went through and I kind of researched how... uh, Recruiting classes for BYU had panned out, how they looked, etc. And the funny thing is, is there's a bunch of classes in the last 10 years for BYU where more than half the class either didn't finish their careers at BYU or didn't even show up at all, had things that precluded them from joining the program in Provo. That's a problem. Uh, former, not former, Current Utah State coach Gary Anderson has said with uh, DJ and PK, the show I produce, it's my day job. DJ and PK in the morning here on the Zone Sports Network. He said in the past, if you hit on two of two thirds of your recruits in a recruiting class, you have an incredible recruiting class. That so, in a class of twenty five, that's somewhere between seventeen and eighteen of those recruits come become in his mind that what he determines to be a uh, developed developed recruiter, a contributor is somebody who ends up in the 2 deep on the depth chart at some point in their career. So they're a contributing member of the team. He said, if you hit on two thirds, you've had an incredible class. And a lot of BYU's recruiting classes in the recent past, going back 10 years or so, I've had a number of them that have been less than half have been significant contributors. Every once in a while a class hits, the class like with Matt Bushman, et cetera, I think Matt Bushman's. as I was researching this, had at least two-thirds of the classes had an impact for BYU, if not be an outright star in the case of a guy like Matt Bushman. So I think it's an interesting situation all the way around for BYU, and they have to continue to develop athletes as they go along here because I feel like the Cougars are in a good spot in terms of, okay, they've got some contributors who are going to become upperclassmen over the next two seasons, and it should yield plenty of talent for BYU to work around in upcoming seasons, but can they replace that in the coming two years, in the coming recruiting classes? That's the big question mark for BYU right now. I think that they can. I think they've done a good job. I think guys in this recruiting class for 2020, like a Terrence Fall, uh, there's a guy like Miles Davis out of the Las Vegas area who could sign with BYU tomorrow. Those are both wide receiver prospects. Both of them, not necessarily the most polished wide receiver, but you can see the physical attributes that make coaches think, okay, if I bring that guy in here, I can develop him. I can make him into a player. And that's where BYU, I think, has to strike gold and be very smart about it. There's one additional element, or actually multiple additional elements to BYU's recruiting class. The honor code obviously is always going to be a big part of it. You have to have these young men commit to living the honor code. And it's not just saying, yeah, I'll live it and then don't go do it. BYU is very serious about the honor code. As any of you who have listened to this podcast know, you have to live the honor code or there's going to be ramifications for not living it. And I think that BYU, they've been very upfront about that. Speaking of Kalani Satake and his staff when they go out and recruit, they tell these young men straight up front. Yeah, a lot of schools may have a quote-unquote honor code or a student code of conduct, whatever you may term it, but our honor code—it's a hard and fast rule. You will live by these rules, or there will be ramifications for you not living them. And it could be end up that you're not playing for the football program if you break the break the honor code. So there are so many things about BYU. I think the honor code is one thing, but more importantly, it's academics. And I think getting student athletes into BYU in this day and age is very tough, and that's been acknowledged by BYU athletic. Director Tom Homo. We'll get to some of his comments next about getting athletes to BYU. His thoughts on recruiting athletes to BYU. A lot to unpack with his uh, comments from last week's annual media summit media roundtable with with Athletic Director Tom Homo. We'll get to here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys. Today is 10 days away from Valentine's Day. It's February 4th. Obviously, Valentine's Day, February 14th. It's a week from Friday. Have you figured out what you're getting your significant other? Might I suggest you guys check out what Spavia is offering our listeners? You're probably wondering, what is Spavia? Spavia is a spa located on 102nd South, just by the Southtown Expo Center there in Sandy. And they aim to bring the five-star resort spa luxury and the feel, everything about a five-star resort spa to anybody who wants to experience it. You don't have to be staying at a five-star resort to experience this. That's what Spavia is all about. I recently went and visited them. I got a sports massage, and I have to say it was the best massage I've ever had in my entire life. Absolutely phenomenal. First rate staff, very communicative, that will be able to help you guys out craft the right package for your significant other for upcoming Valentine's Day. And if you're a locked on podcast listener, a locked on Cougars listener, they want to help you guys out. They have great deals right now on couples massages. They've got great spa packages. It's a full service spa. I guess I should acknowledge that as well. They have everything you could ever want for your significant other, and they can craft a package that is custom for you. But more importantly, right now, their best deal. ...is for all of our Locked On Cougars listeners. Buy two gift cards, you get a third of equal value on Spavia. For example, you buy two $50 gift cards, well guess what? You're getting another $50 gift card for free. It's the best deal they run all year long and it's exclusive to Locked On podcast listeners... ...and our listeners here on Locked On Cougars, guys. It's a fantastic way to take care of your Valentine this day. Score points with your Valentine and give a gift of ultimate relaxation and pampering... Give the gift of Spavia. Give them a call. 801-424-7566. Once again, 801-424-7566. I mentioned that you're a Locked On Cougars listener, and they will help you guys out. Tell you guys, Spavia is the best of the best. Give them a call today. Help help, help them help you get the right Valentine's Day gift for your significant other. 801-424-7566. All right, guys, I mentioned uh, that Tom Homo spoke about BYU's recruiting philosophy and getting students, athletes into school at BYU. It's a different day and age, and I am a graduate of BYU. I went there in the mid-2000s, and I have to say even today, 15 years later, or even more recent than that, I'm not sure I would have been able to get into BYU. It has become so tough to get into school at BYU, and it's It makes for a trickle-down effect to making it tougher for getting student-athletes into school at BYU. Tom Homo was asked about this at his annual media roundtable last week. He was asked about, okay, in terms of the academic requirements and how they go up for BYU, are athletes being turned away as a result of those more stringent academic requirements to get into school? And here's what Tom Homo had to say.
1: That's a true statement, what you said. It is harder. BYU freshman class of student body is exceptional. It's super good. It's super hard to get into school here. We do have exceptions coming in athletics, um, but those exceptions are not unlimited. So we have to be very careful and strategic in the way we use those exceptions. And one of the things about it is we, the school itself is... Um, has earned a great reputation in the area of academics because of the student body. And it's hard, you, we have to make sure as coaches that we bring kids in athlete, athletically that can play. But also one of the factors is, will they fit academically? So you can't, you can't bring somebody in here that you know is going to fail academically that would be a disservice to that young man or young woman. And so we don't do that. And so there used to be it used to be maybe a little bit easier to keep kids in school here academically, and meaning that they could kind of cruise it. And I don't think you can cruise through BYU in any student can do that. But certainly there's pathways that you can take that are extraordinarily difficult, major-wise. But I think that we're still in a position where it's not unreasonable that we can graduate every student-athlete that we decide to bring in. Now, going back to your question, what that says is, How many people have you had to pass on that you just didn't think that could have helped you athletically, but you don't know if they would have made it? I don't know the answer to that question, but that might be what the coaches are referring to.
0: There you go, Tom Homo, and I think he acknowledged the right thing. There are exceptions granted for student athletes at BYU to get them into school because their academics aren't necessarily going to match up with the rest of the freshman classes a lot of the time. But he says there are a limited amount of those that they can use each and every year. But he also additionally said, now this is a very pragmatic approach to BYU and getting student athletes into school. He mentioned the fact that you have to you're taking a risk on these student athletes that you ask for an exception on because you're essentially betting on the fact that they're going to come here, despite not having the same academic uh, profile, I guess the easiest way to say it, of a, of a regular student coming into BYU, but you're betting on them being competitive in the classroom when they get here. They'll work hard to get caught up in school, etc. And they'll be a good student throughout their career. That is what BYU is betting on with these athletes that they use those exceptions on, I guess is what we'll call them. That's what the term that Tom used. So, I think that it's a very pragmatic approach here. Yes, there are exceptions to get student athletes who whose academics aren't necessarily the strongest, but are good athletes. But you're also taking the risk as a coach or an administrator at BYU when you get that student athlete admitted into school in Provo. You have to make sure that they are taken care of. They can be helped to make sure that they take care of business in the class classroom. Those APR rankings, the academic progress ratings that the NCAA puts out, are always going to put BYU football in particular. At at a disadvantage because a number of student-athletes are going to go on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and by the time they finish their degrees, they've essentially aged out or timed out of the process for the APR, and because they don't have their degree within the time frame that the NCAA is looking for, it hurts the APR rating for BYU. BYU is doing the best they can. I know they have a number of academic advisors on staff at BYU working with former athletes who have not finished their degrees yet to come back and finish them, as well as working with the student athletes that are on campus currently to make sure that they stay in good standing. It's still tough. It's a hundred plus guys trying to track and make sure that they're going to class and all the different things you have to deal with. But I think BYU has got a very good approach to this. I think it could be a little bit. um, How do I say it? I think it could be a little better. Even they could grant more exceptions and even hire more academic advisors, et cetera, to make sure all of these student athletes are getting the help they need. But That's a question of finances, dollars and cents figures that it goes above my pay grade, obviously. I'm just a podcaster talking about this, but I think BYU is going about it the right way in terms of recruiting these student-athletes. Tom Homo was also asked last week about in terms of recruiting at BYU over the years. The University of Utah has become just a juggernaut to compete against for BYU. That includes the Pac-12 as a whole. There are a number of student-athletes that go out of state every year to Pac-12 schools and even other national programs in college football, and the state of Utah is pumping out more talent than ever. Tom Homo was asked about the recruiting challenges BYU faces in this day and age versus what they may have faced maybe even just 15, 20 years ago, and here's what he had to say in that regard.
1: Well, I think it's a a really good question because the, the P5 schools are, it's a question for them too. They're still recruiting against each other, and whether they're coming into the state of Utah, or if you're Saying they go get anywhere in the country, members of our church that maybe that didn't happen in the fast. I think it comes down to technology and and media, and that all the available information on recruiting is so readily available that I remember when I was coaching at Cal and Stanford, I could come into uh, the state of Utah, and and there was you wouldn't see other. You wouldn't see uh, Michigan or Florida or... Penn State in here. Now all the work is done. All they got to do is get on a private plane and jump in here and it's easy. But you used to, they were hidden gems in the state of Utah. And that's not true anymore. So I think it's really the access that all the schools have to the high school football is way better in the state of Utah than it used to be in the past. So there's more kids. So you're going to see more coming up. But that's, you asked me, my counsel is we need to be able to get the great the best um, members of our church the very best ones and be able to get kids from the state of Utah that are not members of our faith that are in the state of Utah and understand and would be a great fit because they know the traditions of BYU we got to do a better job in this state and with our church members.
0: Alright there you go Tom Homo and I think that's a smart response on his part he's saying hey Many, many years ago, BYU was able to kind of get these guys who were in their backyard that weren't being seen nationally. With this day and age of the day of the age of the internet where student athletes film or prospective high school athletes, their film is everywhere on the online. Huddle and all these recruiting services, they're putting out film everywhere and it gives a coach anywhere in the country an opportunity to see the student athlete. And traveling to Utah and seeing your son or daughter play on national TV, well, guess what? It's a lot easier to see them on TV in this day and age with digital technology than it used to be. So a lot of guys are considering going out of state who might have otherwise gone in-state and maybe gone to BYU over the years. So it makes for a tougher situation for BYU to recruit to, but I think that the Cougars just as an athletic department, I think that they understand the challenge they're up against and they're doing their best to combat against it. I'd like to see them pour more resources into recruiting. I think they could do more. I think they could have more staffers in recruiting. But like I said about the uh, academic profile and the student academic advisors, et cetera, It's a dollars and cents figure, and apparently BYU thinks that they're fine with the current investment in their program. I think the investment should be higher. It should be at a higher level, especially considering all reports are that this new deal with ESPN for BYU football home games is going to pay them more money than the original deal did. Maybe not overall, because it's nine years versus six years, but in terms of annual basis, it's going to be more money. So BYU, I think, needs to, in turn, put that money back into the program increase the recruiting budget hire more staffers don't have all part-time students helping Alema Samanu Samanu down there as the one full-time staff doing recruiting hire a couple more people we're talking about BYU competing for student athletes with one full-time staff and a bunch of student part-time staffers against staffs of 10, 20, 30, 40 people at other programs that do recruiting that's all they do each and every day so BYU can do more but I feel like they're taking a good approach to this. They understand what they're up against. What it's going to take to combat that ultimately is more money and here's hoping the BYU ultimately sees that the same way I think a lot of us see it and they start, pu- start putting more money into their program. Alright, we'll stay with the BYU football theme on today's podcast here in just a moment. We need to get to another honoree on our all-decade team for BYU football from the 2010s. We're going to go back into the defensive backfield and talk about one of the best ball hawks in BYU football history. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys this podcast, well, it's due in large part the success of it to you guys, the listeners. We've had incredible listenership ever since we started this a year and a half ago, and it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. I talk about this a lot, but I want to ask you guys to give us a favorable rating and review, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews and the ratings you give us, they, they essentially are worth their weight in podcast gold, gold, as I like to say. And what I mean by that is it helps us find BYU fans, and in turn, BYU fans find us here on Locked on Cougars when you guys interact with the podcast and whichever podcatcher you're using. Like I said, the Apple Podcasts It's the big dog when it comes to the podcasting sphere. A number of you are listening to that. The majority of you are listening to us on that app and giving us a five-star review as well as a rating really does help us out in terms of building the audience even larger than it already is. So I want to appreciate all of you guys who have interacted with the podcast, who've supported us since the beginning, etc. But if you're new to the podcast, or just recently started listening, please give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help build the audience and helps us continue to bring you high-quality content here on Locked on Cougars. All right, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, wanted to run down another honoree on our all-decade team for the BYU football program from the 2010s. We're running this down. It's kind of a running series here. Uh, It kind of goes in in hand-in-hand with when we have topic availability, etc. Last week was a crazy week. A lot of BYU news came out last week, so we didn't get to a lot of honorees on the all-decade team, but I wanted to get back to it today. And we're going to talk about a BYU defensive back that won't soon be forgotten by BYU fans, at least I hope he won't and that is Kai Nakua. He tallied 14 career interceptions for BYU. He just absolutely had a nose for the football and the ability to make a game-changing play it felt like when he was a BYU Cougar. Currently with the Indianapolis Colts has been on injured reserve all year long this year. Kai was just the consummate ball hawk safety in a BYU uniform. It's unfortunate that none of his other brothers came and played for BYU. Well, Isaiah signed with BYU, but ultimately never got on the field with the Cougars. Brother Samson up at the University of Utah, as well as Puka, another brother now playing at the University of Washington. I think that the Nakua family could have had an incredible run at BYU, had all of them been BYU athletes. But that doesn't denigrate or take down anything that Kainakua accomplished in a BYU uniform. Played all four years for the Cougars, had 14 career interceptions, the most at BYU since some guy named Derwin Gray. Yeah, you guys know who Dewey is. He's now a pastor in, uh, in North Carolina, but a former NFL defensive back in his own right. He also recorded 164 career tackles. Any of you who remember Kainakua playing for BYU— You probably have some image in your mind of him stepping in front of a pass or jumping up intercepting a pass that just absolutely turned a game. He was just incredible with his timing, his ability to know where to be and when to be there to make a game-changing play. And I for one think the BYU's had a great run of safeties in recent years. And I think one of the best of all time is Kainakua. Daniel Sorensen, another guy who have already honored on the all decade team, his backfield running mate on this, or backfield running mate, as we'll call it, on this all decade team. Well, Daniel Sorensen just won a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. Kainakua, I think he's got the ability to be a guy who can play at the NFL level, but injuries kind of beset him in his chances to really make it in the NFL. And here's hoping that it's Point it clicks in for him, he has a good run of health, and he can make an impact at the next level. I think that he's got the skills. Like I said, he may not be the fastest defensive back in the world, but we're seeing guys like Richard Sherman, who are not necessarily burners, succeeding at the NFL. And I think Kainakua with his nose for the football that should give him a leg up in the NFL. And I'm hoping that at some point he finally sees the success he wants to have at the next level and maybe it happens next year with the Indianapolis Colts or another team but easy to pick Diane Gunn... Not Diane Gunnoloku. Why am I thinking Diane? Oh, I was just reading Diane Gunnoloku. I have my list here of, of athletes on this list. Yeah, it's easy to honor Kainakua on this all-decade team. It was a slam-dunk pick. A lot of these guys are kind of no-brainers. I think any of you guys could have put together this all-decade team list, but it's still cool to research about these student-athletes, what they've done in a BYU uniform, and just to bring them back up because some of these guys, I think, fade from memory after they leave BYU. And Kainakua, like I said, I hope he doesn't fade from your memory as we go forward with this all-decade team and on into a new decade of BYU football. Alright, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast thanks again for joining us it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day follow the show on social media facebook instagram and twitter at locked on cougars make sure to give us a follow a rating and review on whichever podcast service you're using to listen to us on and also don't Hesitate to weigh in with your thoughts on social media. You can follow me at Jacob C Hatch, like I already said. You can follow the show, and also you can email the show at gmail.com if you want to weigh in that way as well. Hope you guys are all having a great Tuesday. I hope you guys are all well overall, and we will talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for February fourth, twenty twenty.